It's weird because it's as though I cannot see the recording happening. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. Well, we're in good shape as always. Uh, and I don't even know how to start this podcast. Um, welcome to It Sounded Like a Good Idea at the Time, the weekly podcast that like, whatever. My name is Caroline. <laughs> And I'm Hannah. And we're so glad you joined us today. Hello. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Okay. So Hannah, I have to tell you this. I avoided telling you in the opener, when in our own personal opener, when you asked how my day had been, as though we had not oh, texted okay. all day. But <laughs> yeah. So today I felt like was a wash where it was, it was good. I mean, it was good. Um, we got a visit from Allison, who used to be our nanny and is now our friend. Um <laughs> no longer your nanny due to her own she quit voluntarily it was very odd she quit for cause she she left for cause um everyone was happy it was everyone's choice it was a mutual decision not at all mutual um (laughs) anyway i have been like emotional i've been like feeling feelings with a capital f like the last few days that i can't i can't describe i can't pinpoint and that leaves me very uneasy but allison is one of those people who i think april described people as this um on our very first episode with her when she talked about people who you feel like you can just exhale around yeah she did talk about that um and it was bizarre. I was sitting next to her and she did not use me as an example of one of those people to her but that's also fine um But Allison is one of those people who like I just she walked in the door and I was just like, okay, everything's fine. Um, But then then, okay, she left. And then like an hour later, I had this horrific realization about myself that I have essentially been giving my two year old scissor for like three days. And I'm not okay with this. Do you know scissor? Scissor? Do you know what scissor is that like rappers oh. use as like a drug slash alcohol? Question mark. No, okay. I know nothing about this. Okay. I thought you were concerned that she was cutting her own hair. No, no, no so. that's fine. We've tackled that problem, and she <laughs> will continue to try, and that's fine. I have no qualms with that. But scissor is, um, it's like cough syrup mixed with like soda mixed with maybe alcohol. I don't know if you are a okay. fan of scissor. Let me know if I'm botching that definition. I know Rob Kardashian was deeply into it for a while as he was gaining shape. This be the new thing I try to feel something. <laughs> well, in 2021, ask Jane Ellis. So she has had oh, the littlest one too. <laughs> she's been having. A bit of congestion for the last mm, three-ish days, but it's like typical for her. She's always congested, always ear infectiony, you know, whatever. Pre-pandemic, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Pandemic has been mark- markedly better for her. Yes, but <laughs> health overall. But she is around kids some now, so it's not surprising that, that this has come up. Um, right. I should probably get her tested for COVID, but that would just stress all of us out. So I won't. So I, <laughs> I, you don't want to, you don't want to like gas up the that's numbers. Right. That's exactly right. I don't want to continue the hoax any longer. So anyway, um, I was like, well, I'll take this into my own hands. And so I got her some Robitussin. Well, bizarrely, she at age two and a half, she does not voluntarily want to take medicine anymore unless it's amoxicillin, which tastes like bubble gum. She doesn't like the taste of cough syrup. So I was like, I know what we'll start doing. So I've been mixing it with juice in a sippy cup for her and just giving Fine. her a juice, like a sippy cup of cough syrup and medicine. juice. Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> That's right. And then okay. today I was like, 
did I, did I even measure it last time? Like, I think I just oh like gosh. drizzled some in, added some apple juice, shook it up and was like, wow. here you go. And I was like, you know, you know, that feels troublesome maybe yeah a little it feels a little like something i should probably call someone about don't don't unless you're gonna call me to talk about it later don't um (laughs) but i didn't realize it until i put her down tonight with like some nighttime (laughs) some nighttime juice this is like melatonin right like it's to me it's like i've been giving her an iv uh, of this, okay. like a little yeah. study drip. Exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And you being a medical professional, I'm sure. <laughs> Aren't we that all? Aren't we all? In fact, loop Heather in on this. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> like, like we do need some professional here do at I? this point. Do I? She's There's nothing fine. else to step in because. <laughs> well, listen. Her speech. Her speech has never been better, despite <laughs> despite the intervention we had for that. She's do. She's also been very, very lit, relaxed, which is also not in her nature. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not that's weird. Um, <laughs> any sort of drugs and alcohol tend to do that to a person. I didn't say she was having alcohol. I, however, well, have you didn't say it because we're recording. But at this point, like, what won't you get her to calm that's her down? A great point. Um, have you found some recreational drugs to try? No, I haven't been. I haven't had the time. I guess I don't know. Like, where would I even? It's like you know that episode of New Girl where Schmidt is like, I need to go. Do you watch New Girl? I, I did. Yes. Okay, when in, in the very like, I think the first season, he's like, I need to buy some crack cocaine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yes. He's like out on the street, at, like looking for youths. Yes, um, I don't even know how to procure anything that isn't legally purchased alcohol. Like, I didn't <laughs> or can't even, like, purchase on Amazon. Like, exactly. Like, does Amazon sell recreational drugs? Yeah, I don't. That should I mean, be probably, that should be their next arm. Like, um, like I if I like I could barely tell my doctor <laughs> that I would need a Zoloft like two years yeah, ago. No, so. I didn't message your doctor. Doctor, see if you can get like <laughs> medical marijuana. Um, I'm having trouble feeling things. Give me something. I do probably <laughs> have to believe that Jeff Bezos has some like wing of Amazon that's like oh, like dark Amazon, yeah, it's like Darkazon, where you can hire oh, and really? purchase anything, and it arrives the next day. Also, if you don't, Jeff, Caroline's copywriting. That. <laughs> that's right. I will sue your ass. You just wait. Hundred <laughs> percent. Me and my glass of wine. I never really drink wine while we're recording, but tonight. Tonight's the night after I realized what I had done to my kid for three days. Here it is. Yeah. Is there any left for you or did you give it all to Jane? <laughs> yeah, I added some Robitussin into this. So we'll see by the end of this recording how things are going. Yeah. How if you're still awake, it might just be a single audio file. Yeah, well, speaking of judgmental, like you have been so far this episode, I sure. was a little bit late in my ability to record because my grocery pickup time slot was 630, which is really iffy for me because that is bedtime. What a horrible hour. Yeah. For <laughs> it was very poor. So I went... <laughs> We I loaded the girls up. David closes on Mondays when we record. Um, so I loaded the girls up and we went and they were very horrified that it was dark and we were leaving the house. So we I calmed that down. And then <laughs> when they started loading groceries, it just so happened that Diet Dr. Pepper was having a buy two, get two sale. So obviously I got four. And <laughs> as, as the man was loading it, Nora Beth said, mommy loves those. I just wish it were it were more healthy. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. What? Wow. Totally. I'm like, good. you know what's not healthy? Bearing children. <laughs> That's right. I'm like, good thing I don't smoke because if you said this about my cigarettes, I would 
kick you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what a jerk. How dare you? Grocer, and he was like, wow, you sound like my personal trainer. So really, I do like this this kid who was like acknowledging <laughs> the judgment of a six-year-old. Oh, emotionally manipulative. I say this about her daily. All the time. Also a, lo- <laughs> a lovely like, child. She's like, mom isn't listening to me. So how about I just like low-key insult her in public? She's like the opposite. She's like the mom who's like she telling is. some cashier like oh my daughter just can't fit into her jeans because she keeps spending candy bars yeah, I can't believe it I hope you have these in a bigger size for the next couple weeks you know what I mean okay. lol she can't control herself I keep telling her but she like inserts it and stuff she's like this is my elf she's from the North Pole because she's very obsessed with her elf right now continued even though Christmas was a month ago and he was like oh that's cool and she's like I'm six and he's like that's great and she was like those aren't healthy and I'm like that felt like that was strategic <laughs> Right. Like she was like, all right, well, I can't just come out and say it. Like oh, I obviously right. have to like, I always have to like throw a bone to this guy. I got to give him a reason to answer. <laughs> but I know that you need to picture this and I'll try to take a photo to, to illustrate this. So he's loading them in the back of my van. She sits in the back seat. So she's unbuckled and talking to him. Naturally. Jane Ellis is drinking her nighttime juice or medicine, whatever. Her nightcap. Yes. And then Anna Blair is just going, I'm the middle sister. I'm the middle sister. Oh my I'm God. the middle sister. And no one is acknowledging her. She's just over and over. I'm the middle sister. I'm the middle sister. Like, this, is, this isn't all of it. I don't know. I know. You're just like, please hurry up, son. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, we just need to get out of here. This is why we don't do groceries at this time. Exactly. This is why I stick with delivery. Yeah. Although... As I just told you, it's not working out well for me because I did order wine uh-huh. and it has not yet arrived. Well, so everyone's everyone's working struggle. against us. Yes, here on Martin Luther King Day, no one knows struggle quite like we do. So <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um, I didn't even get on Instagram all that much today because I was like, I don't know if I really need to see the same platitudes. I know, you know, I had a, a moment of deep reckoning this morning because I was making graphics for all of my clients because you don't not post on these days. So I was like, let right. me find a quote and let me put it on. And I'm like, this is not great. Like, I just, I hate, I don't know why it bothered me so much this year. Maybe it's yeah, showing it's some growth. Like, maybe it's some growth, but I'm like, this maybe, is yeah. Like, we're not all doing the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is not... Not okay. Yeah, it's 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 a weird, and it's like uh, there are people that put out such great, valuable content, mm-hmm. and I love to follow them and their insight. But I'm just like, in general, like I don't think anyone is like looking for me to post anything on my personal totally. account. Totally. And the, but then it's kind of the thing where like if brands don't do something, yep. then then it's like, well, okay. Then they're picking a side by not saying something. That's, it's the whole it's the whole thing of like not speaking up during like black. Like, totally it. Process. Yes, that's totally it. And during um blackout Tuesday, um uh-huh. or was it a Tuesday? Anyway, when um you know everyone was supposed to post the dark square and or not post at all. Um right. I had a conversation with my supervisor about that very thing of uh, I work in a cancer nonprofit, which should be very apolitical. Um, but it was like it is very not within our brand to post this, which not that racism should be political, but that is the state of the world. Um, uh-huh. But I'm also like, it feels odd not to participate. It feels as though we are ignoring it. And I don't want to be tone deaf. It's just an ongoing conflict. And that's how I felt today. But I did post for my for my clients. But right. Because I don't know. anytime I do go to a page, 
of anything, anyone I'm looking at who is not a person of color, mm-hmm. I'm like checking first. Like, I'm like, um, are you a good person or a bad person? Totally. Those are the, easy, <laughs> like, the quote unquote easy ways to do it. And yeah, you know, exactly. It's like, well, this is where we're at. I'm like, I need to see a few specific posts from you. Any sort of <laughs> yes, indication, some, what highlights you have. Right. 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 I need to know that you cared a little this bit. This is like a baseline. <laughs> a little at bit. some point in time, you did care. <laughs> like, pretended to. I don't even care right now if you pretended to. That at least gives me a launching point. So, exactly. you know, interesting. You know who? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say along that line, um, on Twitter during the Capitol riots, the insurrection, uh-huh. I just haven't figured out exactly what to call that. But during that time, um, right. some people that I follow that are in the same industry were like, as a reminder, now would be a good time for brands to go ahead and turn off your scheduled content because it was like a few oh, didn't like right. yeah, 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 a very yeah. problematic blogger that I follow, um, Bauer Power, who's gone viral for saying, <laughs> "Did you name call?" Yeah, I mean she is, but I don't, I haven't unfollowed her, so that's on me. But <laughs> she posted like she didn't post for a while and then that night posted this whole like makeover of a room that was like stories long. And she was like, what a oh great day as I redo this dining room. And then I guess people called Ooh. her out on it. And she, But the reason I'm calling her out is because she didn't just say like, oh, I should not have posted that. She was like, I have not turned on the news. So how would I have known about that? And I'm like, okay, well, like she just doubled down on it. And I'm like, okay, yeah. she's the one who also said um, she went viral because she said that one of her kids doesn't get as many likes as the others on Instagram. Oh, yes, so I really yes. don't mind calling her out, but I do still follow her. <laughs> yes. So, there well, there you am I. Who, uh, yes. <laughs> you know who the the um you know back when uh we were all posting everything and then a lot of people were like, "All right, well, let's see what you're doing yes. about it." Yes. Um you know who is a brand who has uh, in my opinion made some big strides um we both love is Cupcakes and Cashmere. Yes, they have. Yes. Um we had on Leslie who is over at Cupcakes and Cashmere Cashmere um VP of product, is that right? Or content? Content, right, right, right. VP of content. And we had her on late last spring in our finale episode of season one. So if you haven't listened to that, you should go back. She was fantastic and we love her. And um, they have made such a huge effort, I've noticed, to bring in voices of color on their site. Yeah. So and you know, good. Emily, who's the founder of Cupcakes and Cashmere, she posted um, when, when everything happened where I felt like uh, hopefully many or all in the white community had a reawakening to themselves of their role in the systemic racism our country faces. Um, she shared some very, I'm sorry. <clears throat> she shared some very actionable steps that they would make as a company, such as carrying X percentage of products on their website um, owned by black women, like very clear steps, which I really appreciated. And fairly recently, she did a where are we on this as like an accountability post. And I I just I, I did not expect to see that level of accountability there, you know, where you kind of go for some of your sources. But I was so impressed and have continued to be impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um. Well, that <laughs> I do have something to say that is equally important. Okay, so it's going to be good. We know this. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So here's something that we didn't talk about last week, and that was Hilaria Baldwin slash Hillary oh Thomas. And then you were saying it all wrong. It's Hilaria. Hilaria. Um, I too <laughs> so am from And then, right. and then 
adding, I was like, surely I won't forget to talk about that this week. But then Army Hammer is like oh, in the news yes. for like cannibalism. And I'm like, how I'm, I'm very with the end of your rope? The pandemic is doing you no favors, Hollywood, but it right. is doing me many because these stories I can't get enough of. I know, I know. Well, the thing that I loved about the Hilaria Baldwin story was... Hilaria. Hilaria. Seemingly, except for her, like, no one loses here. Like, it's not like a story where we're like, well, this sucks, except you were, like, pretty racist. But, like, we can kind of laugh. Like, it's like... It's like a non-scandal. Another type of white people. (laughs) I'm like, yes, she shouldn't have been... um, She shouldn't have been impersonating an immigrant. But also, she's not like that famous like you know yes, what I mean? like yes was, she's famous and that we know who she is but like she's not like influential in the way that yeah, and it also, it's like wow you really could have done something here with your platform right, and like, seemingly she didn't stifle any other voices it was just right like, exactly exactly I so i'm like know. i don't this is just a pure blessing this is like a treat for, it, for everyone falls on the side of like gwen stefani pretending she's a harajuku girl where it's like you yes. aren't but are you well, pretty? Although, no, that there, actually it, I was going to say like more in the in the public eye with that one. Even that's true because Hilaria is a podcaster and a yoga instructor and a celebrity wife, and so she's a tri hyphenate. Yeah, but I'm saying like she's not like putting out music video. I don't know. It, I just <laughs> I, the Harajuku girl thing is also a little different than. I don't know. I'm just like, this is just pure good for me. <laughs> yeah, because the thing, <laughs> no one loses well, here except, sorry, like, Hilaria. Such, it's also just such like a passive appropriation if there is such a thing because right. like she's just made up everything. Like she isn't trying to push like Spanish tourism. She isn't right. trying to like There's monetize any no of it. underlying cause of any of well, it. Like, have you seen the, Have you seen the things from her high school friends who are like, yeah, Hillary, she was lovely in high school we all really yeah. liked her very confused why she decided to be spanish where it's like <laughs> so all of you people have known this and why is this just coming out i, I know i'm very confused about that but like seemingly too like her her parents on both sides are like multiple generations back um, <laughs> Bostonians. Bostonians. like they are not they're they're not immigrants like they simply moved to another country <laughs> later later so, in life it would be like right. if your parents moved to ireland now and you decided that you were irish so except i do have irish heritage so and, even i would have that's more true. and you have red hair like, so my dad said exactly i mean some that of that you is purchased, fake, but which you purchased but okay, that's fine. let's settle down um <laughs> my dad the other day was like you need to come home like to his house where he and my mother live where i've never <laughs> in my life lived in the city well i was born there so i did live there for let's say a you year. also are colombian <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm it would like, be. Sir, that's not. I don't. I am. I am in the city yes, where I grew up. This is exactly <laughs> what it would be. It would be you pretending you are from Colombia because your right. parents now live in Colombia. So yes. I don't. It's good, but I think again, I love a celebrity scandal when they just botch the entire thing, like Prince Andrew's interview where he was like, oh, "I absolutely could not have uh, raped her because I had a sweating issue." You know what I mean? Like, right, <laughs> right, I did right. not sweat. Um, well, so and then this, how she was, she keep her whole go ahead. Oh yeah, well she kept doing like multiple Instagram lives to like clear this up and like right. continually only confuse the point further. And she did. She kept saying like, "Oh, I'm you know what? I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go silent for a little while. I just and then like she would never do that." Like, hey guys, it's me again. I just want to be clear. I've said it over and over again. 
I am from Majorca. I grew up in Boston and my family lives in Majorca. Therefore, I am Ilaria. And and she was even like, I don't know if you saw this one where she was like, it's my name is the same name. It's just spelled differently and pronounced differently in whichever country you're in. Would you John and Juan or Guillermo and William? George and Jorge. It's all the same. It's all the same. You are the idiots. But it is Um, a story that no one needed that affected nothing, but I could not stop following. I was obsessed. Unfortunately, the freaking terrorists who tried to overthrow the U.S. Capitol really (laughs) stole her day in the sun with that one. New theory. (laughs) It was Alec Baldwin who said, no, Alec Baldwin was like, haha, I play Donald Trump on other things. Let me now also impersonate Donald Trump and make it happen. He's like, wait, wait, I don't actually like being on this. (laughs) And Ilaria was like, like, where's Melania from? Because I could be from there now, too, if I wanted. Slovenia, was it? I don't mind if I do. (laughs) (laughs) Like, at that point, anything, I've never known anything about her. Um, (laughs) But now you know a lot. Now I know a lot. And anything she could have said, like, if she had come out and said, I'm from Slovenia, I'd be like, oh, cool. Okay, whatever. Like, I had no... knowledge whatsoever so this is just delighting me to no end because it was such a rabbit hole of pure entertainment pure entertainment um let's talk about cannibals for a second if you don't mind oh, yes always let's take a quick pivot <laughs> okay the natural follow-up um exactly okay so are you familiar with army hammer yes i was i've been deep diving on this with a little less enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. It was a little bit, this story has become a little bit to me like um, late stage Amanda Bynes, where it's like at first this was like, oh, what's happening? And, right. And it's like, right. this person is clearly very troubled. So it's not entertaining. Right. But I do. And Lindsay Lohan. Oh, well. like true. some of these people, it's like, okay, this was like watching someone spiral is like kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> but like, at Until this it point, it's just like, bad. Yeah. and possibly dangerous and criminal. Right. So <laughs> obviously, like, Army is not. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> obviously, allegedly, Army allegedly <laughs> is not in a great place. Allegedly, that is very <laughs> <laughs> seemingly obvious. But I do have a question uh, to you, and it is just a, a pure and simple question. Right. At what point, if someone tells you they would like to bite your ribs, do you assume that they are truly a cannibal or if they are just saying weird things? I would go with weird. Me I would too. be like, oh, you're a freakazoid. Me too. If somebody said like... <laughs> I'd say exactly that and then they think I was the weirdo. Right. If they were like, I would like to eat your arm, I would be like, <laughs> okay. But it's... Uh, right. Exactly. I'd be, I'd be screenshotting that and sending it to you. <laughs> totally. And I... I don't know. Like one, they didn't cover that kind of thing in youth group. So I'm not sure how, (laughs) but it does feel weird that we are like, he, we're saying that he's full on a cannibal when no, seemingly nothing is there that is evidential of that. But right. Like what if he's just a freak who like thinks those kind of things, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, how does this, how does this work? Because didn't you say supposedly as well, he was into like some BDSM stuff, but also like not, in the very um, safe way that the BDSM community yes. espouses and tries very hard to maintain. Yeah, here's my issue right now with infotainment is I think there are some very troubling allegations from these women that right. may have said they needed therapy after being with him. Um, 
because of things like he was very into BDSM, but did not ever like I think fantasy. I don't, yes, I don't want to. I don't know hardly anything about BDSM, so I don't want to conflate those two. Yes, he specifically seemed to be into rape fantasy. Yeah, those were listed like as separate things that he was into. Okay. But then, yes, he would not um, abide by a safe word, allegedly. Right. But I think what's getting the headline is like Army Hammer Cannibal, and I'm like, mm, maybe like. Some of the things less provable. Those other things, maybe we should bring charges. Right. (laughs) Like, that's a criminal act. Well, I mean, I guess if I ate you, that would also be criminal if they could find you. But they would be like, (laughs) I feel like that, um, I don't know the right word. Mm. It's like taking the place. Yeah, it's overshadowing the real. Yes, sensational. We're just like, okay, but also like this person seemed to really like the idea of raping people. So if like if and his wife has known for a long time that he's been unfaithful. So like that makes me think that like we should totally remove the cannibalism storyline and really dig deeper because like there is someone out there with a terrifying story about him. I would I would not be surprised. Many and they're they have all been. you know, exposing SMG will have a post about this coming soon, which I'm excited about. Um, and maybe we can ask them to come back on and talk about it. Um, yes, I would love to have them back on soon. But they, you know, they shared with us when they were here um, that when you see somebody like a source listed, it is almost always like that celebrity's close circle. Um, right. And I think that that is who's contributing to a lot of these things. Um, but I do feel extremely sad about this also because he has very young kids who are right. part of this narrative. And that makes it always makes me sad when there are young kids involved. It does. It, I mean, and again, this is not a situation like with Ilaria where it's like, oh, oh, oh this is your thing yes. was, <laughs> Yeah, it's like your thing was like, a scandal that's going to pass like ultimately it's just like wow my mom did that crazy thing no one will even remember and her kids are really really young this other thing is like again potentially illegal activities happened and potentially very dangerous person yes and will 100 percent affect custody and should affect custody but it's just it's it's a sad situation um yeah it is it is a, it is a sad situation but i will continue to click every headline about it um 100%. as well as trying to figure out if kim and kanye are in fact divorcing because they also had the favor of um the insurrection to overshadow all that buzz and there's been very little about it since then yeah um did you read smg's post on it i have it pulled they up but really i haven't good. read it yet they did a really good breakdown um, of why they think that Kim really is going to leave Kanye and basically just that she's getting everything in order. Yeah, I don't doubt um, that. I, I uh, actually, as we've talked about before, I respect her a lot and I think that she's put up with a lot. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I do too. They had a good point too about the fact that like she's always out there like pushing his lines. Like she'll always... um dress their family in like his full like fashion line and she's always like tagging it and talking about it like all the time appearing but then like he would like never appear on her instagram and like refuse to like come on for like her brand and so ultimately like as a businesswoman for her that's that's a bad deal you know and like they would have had those kind of things like agreements beforehand sure um so anyway um 
Yeah, they covered they covered they did a really good in-depth post on that. I have several. I probably have like eight tabs open for their posts. If you haven't visited their website lately or never at all, this is a really great time to do it. They've had some excellent content and I've been saving it all to dive into. Yes. Um, Yeah. So hopefully we'll talk to them again soon. Uh, Do we have anything else or should we take a break and get back to part two of our conversation? Yes, baby. <laughs> baby. I know, I can baby. never not think of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll sing this out and we'll be right back. Oh, yeah, we'll let the music do that. <laughs> All right, so last week, we, I personally, before we recorded, and I think you too, Caroline, were burnt out. We were just exhausted. Yes. And we were both like, you know, for me, like probably not for you, but for me, social situations charge me. And since we're in a pandemic and we can't always be getting together, I was like, I know once we can like get on and start recording, I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel so much better. And the second we got on and started talking about women's sexuality, I like, I, I was so energetic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, after. Yeah. Um, it really did bring all my energy back. I had such a good time talking about it and we have gotten a ton of comments about it. Mm-hmm. And even you had asked last week before we recorded for people's input and we got such good feedback. So we um, are doing like a part two this week. And I don't know, I've, I've loved this topic and I feel like there's so much more to branch out on. So if you, if before we even get into it, if there's a way that we could branch out on it more or kind of like a different segue to take, mm-hmm. um, drop mm-hmm. us a line about that because we super, super love talking about this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> and we love when you guys give um, us um, topic ideas. Um, our listener friend Mallory um, messaged me with a topic idea yesterday that I'm excited to add to the file, which the file, oh, perfect. that is the only thing in the file. So if you have others, <laughs> send it to us. Really struggling here. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very <laughs> thick file. Can we talk more about the insurrection <laughs> or cannibalism? <laughs> you, you choose. <laughs> Listeners. Right. Exactly. Um, but, you know, this is something that my we, we always talk about your Amy and my Amy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to announce that your Amy is now also my Amy. Yes, I so. am very good at sharing. <laughs> so now I have two Amy's wow. and you only have one. That's a lot. Um, my my first Amy um, and I grew up basically exactly the same. We met each other when we were seven. She is my oldest friend in the world. She was eight. And I didn't realize we, you guys had been friends that long. Yeah, we met each other actually in Africa, and then she ended up moving back to where I lived in Colombia, North Carolina. <laughs> yes, yes, truly. Back when I was an infant for five days <laughs> in South Carolina, um, moved to North Carolina, and then we ended up finishing like doing uh, let's see middle school. She came in middle school, so we have been friends for so long, and so kind of here in our late mid to late twenties, early thirties, we've just been going back and forth about all of the things that we feel you know, based a lot on our conversation last week and just all these other things. And we're constantly telling each other, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? One thing that Amy has started, uh, I don't know quite when she started it, but she gave me permission to share this. And um, so I wanted to make really sure that I got boundaries from her. But this just as a ma- as a way of reclaiming her sexuality, because, you know, as as women... It's, we are really told, you know, you shouldn't be sexual. You shouldn't be any, we're told how to be and how to not be. And it's kind of hard then to decide what you want and how you want to display yourself. Mm-hmm. So she has took, has, t- go on. <laughs> she took up, <laughs> I'm trying to decide which word. 
puts the timeline perfectly because um, this was all pre-pandemic. She started taking pole dancing classes Mm -hmm. and um, was absolutely so into it. This was all before the pandemic and she could take classes in person. And she started a Instagram account for it. And it's been so lovely to see her doing this because she has a different Instagram account than her regular one. Mm -hmm. So just seeing her get stronger and just kind of feel confident. And she, she calls it, she says that this kind of dancing has been hugely therapeutic for her mental health, body image and strength. Mm -hmm. And um, there are some moves she has done that I'm like, I can't imagine ever (laughs) having the muscles for this. Um, And from her words, she, this is what she said to me, exploring your own sensuality is something that should belong to yourself first and foremost. I've been doing a lot of internal work on feeling at home in my body and not concerning myself with what anyone thinks about me. And the less clothes I started wearing, the less I cared about how I looked. Um, Somehow all that covering up made me more self-conscious. Um And then she also puts out a lot of content about um, sex work and pole dancing and the the ways that the internet is harming those industries. Mm -hmm. So she is a really good follow, and she gave me permission to share her account, which is Trash Cat Pole. (laughs) You'll have to ask her about that because I do not know. But I just love that perspective because just kind of the like freedom to do whatever. And I'm like, you should not expect to go on her account and like see nude images right, or anything right. but it's just kind of like this is what i want today and this is what i'm going to do today and there's some freedom in that and i i love to see her like it makes me happy to see her doing that yeah. kind of thing and feeling so happy with herself you know i think that is really important and there's definitely some stigma i'm sure around it being pole dancing um right I think everybody should have the thing that makes them feel empowered i mean i roll my eyes right. myself but Peloton classes have done that for me where I even right. told David the other day like exactly with Peloton with you is exactly yeah, like, the vibe I get I feel her. more confident and empowered than I ever have thanks to these classes but unfortunately pole dancing in particular I think has such this stigma of oh right. but that though you know um right, right or right. certainly the only reason you're taking that up is to sexualize yourself and it, right. i like that she used the word sensual um because you know that yes. i've talked about it a little bit on the podcast um some in some involuntary introduction that our family had into um sex work essentially um really kind of broke up the family that we thought that we had. And another listener um, whose name I won't share talked about how she had felt very confident in her teens through her early thirties, where she didn't have a lot of experience, but felt good about her body and very in tuned with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And after pregnancy, that changed for her because, you know, you feel less sexual for the most part. Like I've, I loved being pregnant, but I definitely didn't feel sexual, you know? Um, I didn't love being pregnant and I also didn't feel sexual at all. Yeah. So there you go. If you feel like real, it was all bad. <laughs> I liked, I had, I probably had never felt more confident in my body than when I was pregnant because it felt like it was supposed to grow and get bigger. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just liked it. But, um, Later, she found that her husband had had an affair um, and had a problem with porn and dating sites and um, essentially internet sex. And I think it's it's interesting to figure out where the boundary or the line becomes in those things, something that is empowering to others, but becomes triggering and problematic to some also, and where the responsibility blends in that line, especially when it comes to sex. 
Yeah, I think that is I, the messages from this listener were heartbreaking. And she also mentioned that she at this point feels um, I'm paraphrasing. I don't think she used this word, but I, I, from what I understood, she seemed like she was saying she feels a little bit triggered by yes. seeing like over sexualized yes. things mm-hmm. um, because this is has been her reality, which makes a lot of sense um, and is not. A perspe- like that's not a perspective I hope to ever be able to identify mm-hmm. with. So I would never presume to tell someone like, well, this is how you should feel or anything like that. But, and, and it didn't, her message was so the, the farthest thing from judgmental, yes. even though it seems like her life has been turned upside down yes. by many different parties. Um, but it's a tough thing with, with, I, f- I feel like women get the short end of the stick in any of these things. Right. And again, I don't know all those details. I don't know what was the story with her husband. I don't know what these other people knew. But I mean, there are definitely times where people are having affairs with other people who are fully aware of what they're doing. Yeah. And then there are times where people are having affairs with someone and they don't know the whole story or they're only hearing one side. Of the like we've all been in in a very lesser yes. level. We've all been in like that shitty relationship with like that guy who was like, no, I'm, I'm like not even with her or whatever. Yes. And then he's telling her the same thing about you. And like, it's just, I feel like you always, there's the trope of like always going after the girl, you know, like, oh, she's a homewrecker when it's like, whose fault is this real? Like whose fault to, should it be here? Like it should be the person who is married and yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, I think like in the situation that, that our family (laughs) dealt with was like, I always said um, that, you know, the person that the affair was with in this scenario, we would have expected nothing less from that person. Like she did exactly what we anticipated that person to have done. But the responsibility is on someone who you have higher expectations for, <laughs> namely True. someone yes. married or in a committed relationship where it's like, sure, I guess like in a uh, porn availability and accessibility culture, maybe there's some responsibility on the people doing it. But it, I don't know. It's just it's such a blurry line to me of you know, like bartenders stop serving people who are drunk because that's their responsibility to those people. But in this sexualized industry, where is the responsibility to stop? And it should well, be with that's the person. That's a very you know? good point. Yes, that is a very good point about uh, to draw that line with bartending as well. I have seen, I saw recently um, big sites like specifically Pornhub, which I think is the mm-hmm. biggest one I read, um, was like purging a bunch of content and there's a big conversation in the porn industry about how so much porn is uh like male owned and it's like very a very small group of men Mm -hmm. and so people are trying to turn it over to women and trying to make sure that like if you do watch porn if you use porn at all like you should go to like an ethical source oh interesting like not so like not not a site where it's like this person was probably, I, I, I don't know. Just, just, yeah. Right. Like there are sites that are women owned and um, just like <laughs> ethically produced. I mean, I don't, you know, for lack of a, if you are curious about that, DM me because I have um, some good articles that I found very interesting, but I think, I mean, because I'm like an idealist, I think turn it over to women more. Yeah. Like sex work is more women's thing. It's like going to be on women anyway. 
it should not it should not be in the hands of men yeah. i feel like no 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 i think that that's true um and i think in that way it takes a little bit of that responsibility of like this is ethical con- content at least like then it's not like well you could have access to anything i don't know i don't know that's not like an answer yeah it's hard. i think it's, it's a start hard. i don't think that it's a clear cut yes or no here and i and i know some people feel very very strongly that it's a no um i don't know where i don't know where i land on the argument you know um obviously it's a i don't know it's just fuzzy for me but one of the common themes and it really falls along these same lines um that we had um lots of listeners send us was a general feeling of shame behind sex yes and i think that that also comes into play if um let's say you are with somebody who does consume a lot of porn and this is not just this but how right. do you meet that expectation that they have because it does change your expectations of sexualization and what sex will be like and look like and all of those things and well i think oh go ahead go ahead no you go i was going to say i think it's it's a conversation that has to be had and i think all of this has to start with women being more comfortable talking about sex. Mm-hmm. Because if you're concerned that someone you're with is watching porn or it's like, what are they getting out of that? You know, there's a lot of conversation that you could be having in your head that like you could get out of the way if you were talking with someone. Yeah. And like, it's, you know, y- you have to decide in a relationship what boundaries you're both okay with. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're both okay with it, like I always, <laughs> I always say about COVID, whenever we try and do anything, I'm like, you have to do what the person who is least comfortable with, like you have to meet that person on their level. That's a good guideline. So if if any one person wants to wear masks, then we should all wear masks. Like that's just what you should do to be Mm -hmm. a decent human being. And if you're in a relationship with someone, I feel like you have to meet the person who what, like, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all a conversation. If you're not having these conversations and I think it's easier to get worried more. um, But like, if you know, kind of the way someone thinks, if you know the way they feel, if you know the way they feel towards you, like if these are all open conversations, then you can decide like, is this a problem? Is this something I don't want my partner doing? Is this something I want to do? Like, yeah, I think a lot of it comes with that shame from like talking about it and exploring it and thinking about why we feel the way we do and finding out why they feel the way they do. Yeah. And I think on the other side of the coin, even outside of the porn conversation, Shame to me is one of the hardest, if not the hardest emotion to overcome because I don't think it's just an emotion. I think it's like a sentence that was put on you. Yeah, it's Um, a very visceral feeling. And I don't know when you don't feel that anymore, Um, especially if it's something like sex that was considered, at least growing up in the church or a faith community, a sin. So there was no allowable conversation about it because it was only seen as towing the line of something. So then there were so many things related to sex that were in the bucket of don't do. And so shedding that is a process that we yeah. we got that feedback over and over again um, from a few listeners who asked to remain anonymous that, you know, they have had, thankfully, in, mo- in most cases, partners who are very patient with them um, because the process of shedding shame or at least metabolizing shame has been a long one because it's not just oh once the ring is on things are fine but i think and that's the expectation like you shouldn't 
you shouldn't be a sexual person until literally that day. Yes. And, and then from fine. then on. Right. And again, only in this confine, like still never do anything that could make anyone else think anything. Well, I, but then like the second you have to turn it on for your partner, then you have to be a good spouse. And do that. even then, I think maybe societally, I don't know where where the onus here lies, but even within the confines of a relationship, there are things that are judged more than others if you do or do not engage in that are like oh, yes, your, yes, your boundaries true. in your sexual relationship are open for conversation, not just with you, but generally are people who do X, Y, or Z carry some kind of judgment of what yeah, people assume I, is yeah, okay. I totally agree. I don't, I mean, I could start naming things, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, there are yes. things that are more seemingly acceptable than others, which feels like a very strange right. thing for saying anything in the confines of a safe, healthy relationship, marriage or otherwise, um, is fine. Except we, we well, might raise our eyebrows about this, this or this. Yeah. And I haven't ever heard anyone say that, um, growing up. Like I have never heard anyone say anything in the confines of marriage is fine. Like to me, there's always been this like controlling element. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can do all these things except X, Y, Z. Like you can, you know, and then your part. And the other thing too, is there's so much like messaging about sex and romance Mm -hmm. and all of these things that if your partner is not doing those things, then you're told, Oh, red flag. Yeah. Like, even something so simple for for me and probably for you too, like someone opening the door for you, right? Like growing up, like that you were dating, like if someone didn't do that, like that'd be a huge red flag, right? But then again, like that's just not how Passan was raised at well, and all. also like sociopaths do that. So I don't know, like, right? That's probably exactly. Not a great, <laughs> that's probably exactly. Not a great but I mean, just just as like one example, you know, like yeah. <laughs> anyone can be completely decent and then like a psychopath later, and anyone can be completely decent and not do things that society thinks they have to do, like. I just think there's so much, there's so many elements of control that I have to talk myself out of where it's like, wait, I'm letting so many other voices in this partnership, mm-hmm. which is what it is, you know, in on this team. And those people aren't here working on this team with me. Like they're right. not here parenting my children and being in my house during a pandemic. Like it only matters what the two of us think. Yeah. But there's so many voices in your head all the time that are like, well, this is what's allowed. Do you, shouldn't you care about this? Should you not care about this? You should let this go. Totally. And you know, I think that (laughs) I, I, you know, okay. So I, I'm in some mom groups on Facebook and some are um, better than others, but there's one in particular that I'm in that the things that these women, and I'm not trying to judge them, but the things that they ask are so interesting to me to crowdsource to thousands of strangers like <laughs> right like basically crowdsourcing sex advice is <laughs> it's very fascinating it's very bad i mean because i mean things run the gamut from how much should i pay for a car payment which again like you cannot crowdsource thousands of people because it's right. very dependent on your situation you have a thousand like, different answers to like my husband wants us to do anal should we and it's like right um, I don't know. That's like very much in what you and, you know, then you get the gamut of people being like, totally, here's how you should to people being like, I would never. That's wrong. God didn't design our bodies that way. And it's like, right. yeah, I get. But I, what I am. Well, and again, it's, uh, what you should be asking is. What do me and my partner think about Wait, this am together? I, am I, and is this something that I am personally comfortable with? Because yes, your partner exactly. may be very comfortable with something that you are not comfortable yeah, with. True. And that's equally 
important, if not more important. And and it does not matter. Like all those other thousands of people aren't going to be in your bedroom with you. Yeah. <laughs> like talking about this. Maybe. Hopefully. I don't know. These, these yeah. groups are weird. Maybe. But like, it's also, I don't know. I think what I'm trying to deprogram myself from and my, you are great at this. So you're kind of my model for this is assuming that because I wouldn't do it, it's wrong. Like, I often feel like, oh, right. well, if that's outside of what I would do, then it can't be great. You know what I mean? Right. right. So I'm trying to deprogram myself, but I will, I will say maybe your best answer is not going to come from thousands of strangers. Maybe, maybe it will. Yeah, it re- really, because like, who cares? Like, yeah, somebody, it's one thing. Somebody was I like, mean, to me, go ahead. Somebody was like, should I make my husband take a shower before I give him a blowjob? And I'm like, you know. <laughs> Again, I don't know. Those people aren't doing it for you. So that's <laughs> right. like, you. I mean, maybe like, we're why? in a pandemic, so maybe depending on where he's been. But also, like, like honestly, this, maybe we should. Maybe we should crowdsource this. Where are we? Where are we at right now? Yeah. Like this is, and you know, the fact that women are asking these questions to thousands of strangers really speaks to the lack of a natural community. Mm-hmm. That's um, great. Yeah. And I've always thought that, like. You know, I, I've as I've my life motto: we were meant to be a tribe, like yeah. we were meant to be a, a village, and we should have been like you know outside chatting with our friends and sisters and aunts and mothers and grandmothers all the time, yeah, and like giggling and that kind of thing. Like this should be natural, but like so we've done. Whoops! <laughs> I knocked my mic over. Um, we've done our best, I think, at simulating that in our current day where we're all kind of trapped in our individual houses. Yeah. And especially now when we're not supposed to be interacting, especially not on like more than a pod scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just kind of has gotten out of hand. Well, <laughs> like it's know, very much like should, <laughs> yes we can, but should we? But, yeah. <laughs> like, but I think that that's even part of it. Like we judge sex by should we or shouldn't we? And we're looking for yeah. yes or no answers. And yes, it is not a topic that, carries yes or no answers I don't think that's very true it's so subjective yeah and you know I think when we started this podcast not saying that we here are your new sex sex experts because certainly not but um (laughs) we wanted to be able to have conversation and not say here's what you should do for a healthy sex life here's what you should do to feed your kids because that's not that is not natural either so on one hand I applaud women for asking the question because that yeah, takes that true. takes something um because it's not even like a supernatural converse sex in particular is not a topic that you would bring up supernaturally in most friendships i don't think to be like hey have you like orgasmed lately yeah. you know what i mean like, <laughs> like i just it's we it should would, put that on t-shirts <laughs> there's, our, we're there's our merch there's how we're gonna make something that we regularly talk about that, women's sexuality there's our there's our elevator pitch we obviously I want can't that, shop for sponsors right now and i want to wear it every day <laughs> i can think of a few sponsors we could probably get that's actually you know what that's a great point um <laughs> but it just feels like when we we still like skirt around or try to euphemize like talking about it and I don't know it's just uh-huh. it becomes frustrating to me because at the same time I am the number one arbiter of boundaries of talking about it you know yeah and I think that's like protective too because it's like it's kind of that like thing of when you're when you were like in middle school and you were like oh, I don't want to like say <laughs> something different <laughs> yes. like, you know, what if my thing isn't normal 
and I think there's some of that that never leaves you, you know? Yeah. So I think it has to be, we have to have some level of confidence, self-confidence. It's like, eh, whatever, it works for me. And that's hard for people. Yeah. You know, it's like, you have to like relearn self-confidence every day. I kind of yeah, feel There's like. a lot of trust you have to put in lots of places yes. for that. Yes, exactly. And sex is really like your most vulnerable time. Like, yeah. You're naked and may or may not have the lights on. I don't know. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just right. vulnerability that is inherent right. in that. So then to open up about it when it's it is a private matter. And so to know like is this weird or is it not weird? Right. Am I going to put myself out there as the person who may be doing something weird? Like I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Well, you um you asked your speaking of kind of a, again, more of a follow-up of last week. Yeah. You asked your youth pastor growing up some of these questions and she got back to you with a very well thought out answer. Yeah, she did. So I did message um, my youth leader who I was very, very close to um, in high school. And it's interesting to think about it because I was like 15, 16 and 17 when we were super close. Um, And she was probably my age now. So it's weird to think about what I would tell somebody then now you know what i mean right um and i was thinking about it through the confines of like true love weights which talks about you have to be a virgin when you get married and there is no other way um and, and that your life will suffer if you are not yeah or that like even if you have messed up and have messed up i will it, there's no even ex, ex, explanation because we won't define what messed up means um if you've messed up sexually you have to be reborn as a virgin for your right for your spouse you know it's so it leads to lots of questions and then why kiss dating goodbye is the concept is basically like the author has now like renounced that and actually renounced christianity but regardless the the idea was relationships are broken it's never going to work unless you get married like dating itself does not work you need to court and then get married similar to like what the duggars do um uh-huh. <clears throat> so anyway i asked her um if one how it felt to teach teenagers those general guidelines and if she would still teach it the same way um and not in any sort of like and how did it feel? <laughs> like, no, they were very, very open. And uh, like, it was a very kind message that you sent her. Oh, like, honestly you. curious. Um, Yeah. And she she read it and didn't get back to me for a couple of days. And I was like, well, she hates me. So that's where we are. She is currently plotting my demise. Yes. Um, <laughs> but she, and interestingly, and I will point this out. I don't think anybody really from that youth group um follows the podcast maybe they do but what's very interesting and i did not bring this up in this conversation but she lived with a youth leader of ours we had several on our staff um who is now um in a lesbian relationship she's married to a woman but was not out during that time and that to me adds a level of complexity that i have questions about of was that something that you knew and how did you impart any teaching of homosexuality is bad in the church and mm-hmm. i really want to reach out to that to that person and say i want to know your experience here you know yeah, yeah. um because she was also part of that same teaching you know and again i'm not saying the teaching is inherently bad i honestly don't know differently you know other than don't have sex till marriage but it, I did reach out. So sorry. That was a long explanation for this. But um, she did get back to me. 
and I thought that her words were really lovely. And she said, um, <laughs> one of the things that she said right off the bat is that she can't remember what she discouraged or encouraged during those times. She only knows what she teaches now, which I think is actually like a fine thing, you know, <laughs> like here's what yeah, I know now yeah. and that's what I'm going to do right now, you know? Um, yeah. But, but she said, um, echoing you some, um, by God's design, we are meant to live in community. God designed marriage specifically to display himself in the world. Love is good and sex is good within the bounds of design and construction. And she says that outside of that, you're guaranteed something breaking. Um, so when you pursue marriage, sex outside of marriage, um, it's out of different motives than caring for the heart of God. And I know some listeners may or may not agree with that, but I felt like it was insightful. Um, and the wounds can come from pursuing something outside of God's design for that. Um, so that's what she teaches now, which feels responsible of, you know, I think if a high schooler is out pursuing sex because they feel like they have to, something's going to break emotionally. You know, I think any of us give a piece of ourselves emotionally to a partner. Um, and then she goes on to talk about dating is good, but um, done safely in the context of friendships. And I think we've talked about this before. I think it's interesting when people talk about like their spouse feels more like a friend than a partner. And I'm like, uh -huh. you know what? I really want to be married to a good friend <laughs> because that feels like as you have kids in the mix and a household and responsibilities, if you don't have a friendship, then then you're in for a, a hard time, you know? And right. um, so she goes on some more. I'm happy to share if you guys are interested. A lot of it is based in um, religion and faith in the church, but I did really appreciate one that she responded and two that she shared basically what she teaches now. And she said that, you know, desiring sex is a good thing. And I did appreciate that approach to it, that sex is good. Whereas I feel like at least my takeaways in the church were that sex inherently is bad. Then when you get married, guess what? It's good. Um, and I think, right. Flipping that script is really hard when something has been bad forever and then suddenly it's good. Um, and I even remember I went to a Christian school for a few years and our ninth grade social studies teacher uh, was a woman and she, she was uh, trying to tell our volleyball team why, why we couldn't have sex. And she was like, honestly, when I did it, I was just laying there thinking like, this isn't even very good. It's a very, like, it's a very funny thing. Was she married? Thing. No, she wasn't. Okay. And so she was thinking about when she had sex like as a teen and she like didn't even like it. What a surprise. This 16 year old was not amazing at sex. <laughs> was not enjoying this, but it was still like, <laughs> of course not like planted in my head. Like, see, this is not you were good. Like, like and, this sucks, and I will never be happy with it. So <laughs> like, here's something to tolerate. And it's just right. A exactly. Mindset. Um, that is a hilarious thing to impart upon young minds. And by hilarious, I mean damaging. But I mean, <laughs> sure, trauma, is back fun. Now. trauma is fun. But it is right. like, I mean, I maybe I understand her approach of like trying to make it less exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's like making teenagers babysit. That's exactly like, right. You're like, fine, scare them away from it. But that's but not I, going to do it. Like the thing is, no. I don't If you want to do it, you're going to do it. Right. Because showing consequences to people who don't believe in consequences is not doing anything. Like if right. I showed you don't believe in consequences right. uh, just look at how many of them are gathering in the face of a pandemic like it they don't believe in consequence it doesn't matter it's falling on deaf ears like if i showed you pictures of people with meth faces it would not discourage you from finding drugs if you wanted to do it 
today. Right. That does feel a little pointed that you're saying that to me. <laughs> it's weird that but, I brought that up, but I am yeah, It's saying. very weird. This is all a roundabout um, intervention. <laughs> Pre-me starting any sort of drug. <laughs> this is not roundabout. This is your intervention. I'm so glad we yeah. talked about sex. Now you, let's talk you, about like, you. You got me in with this hook of like, let's talk about women's sexuality. But <laughs> Suddenly time, a bunch of listeners come on Zoom or come on Zoom <laughs> as we record and they're like, Hannah, we love you. Well, is this youth faster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carl Lentz leads it and we just like... <laughs> Oh, that would be incredible. Carl, I finally get to ask you so many questions I have. Listen, buddy, I will go to rehab, but first I have 30 days I'll worth of questions whatever. Yeah, honestly, I'll go if you go. Supposedly you are going as well, so I don't know. He is. He's having pastoral burnout. And are we not both? Thank God. Honestly, shouldn't we all be in some sort of burnout rehab, Carl? What a white privilege thing to be able to say. I do, I do wish I could go to rehab for burnout. You know, you know how many people I pastor? The, the dozens who listen to us each week and i am burnout <laughs> my two children are enough for me like That's i simply true. cannot um regarding her her message i so appreciated her getting back to you with that long yes. she she really put a lot of thought into that you could tell mm-hmm. um and the tough thing is in in the evangelical community the baseline is i'm right and everyone else is wrong about all faith-based things sure so that was the hardest thing to grapple with for me is that not everyone believes those things. Like I don't inherently believe that two like non-Christians can have a, I don't believe that it's impossible to have a good relationship if you're not Christians, like, right. Which, and I think like you can have a good relationship and you can have a good sex, sex, bleh, sex life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like saying that either. Let's come up go with it. Go ahead. No, go on. Um, Continue. <laughs> It, it just like, even if you're not a Christian. So yeah. I think the hardest thing when talking to someone who isn't evangelical about it is like, there is not the sense of that's good for you, but it's not good for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I appreciate her approach, but uh, as a lot. And I, I also think this is a much better way to talk to teens about it. However, I also don't think that it's, super, super harmful to be in relationships. Like, I actually think that this message of you have to be so careful who you give your heart to because you just never know who's going to mistreat it. And if you give it away, like, I just think it's actually super overdramatic because what it, what it leads to is like, you do fall for someone inevitably. We will all fall for someone. Maybe they're fine. Maybe they're not. Even if they're not fine at the time, like you're all young, right? Like even looking back now on like heartbreaks I had younger, like, okay, that was another 19, 20 year old. Like, that's not something I still am harping on now. Like, you're all so young. Yeah. And I think that we all probably carry wounds from past relationships, even if they were not ones to like hang a hat on. Like um, the guy guy that I dated. Yeah, a guy that I dated told me one time that I was not nearly as big in my bathing suit as I dressed, which was like oh, <laughs> very uh, weird, a very the strange. And you don't look good when you eat. <laughs> yes, bizarrely, <laughs> shockingly, it is the same one that I was with it's for like two and weird. a half years. Yeah, yeah. when he, he saw me in my bathing suit. Go ahead. No, I don't know if I should reveal. Oh, I don't know. We also had we also had an open relationship because he asked okay. us to do that, but he only dated my friends. And then I don't know. Were you actually was, dating him or was he just your friend? No, Did we were actually you? dating. <laughs> okay, 
that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> yes, we did. But it wasn't it wasn't great. And if I showed him to you, you would have I shown you his picture? It's not no. You have okay, you have well, I will find picture. one to show you. I will just go ahead and lead it with he didn't have a chin. And I think if you don't have a chin, you really shouldn't be like throwing these yeah, things out about women's make, bodies. But you shouldn't make comments. Anyway, but I think he meant to like make me feel good by being like, oh, like wow, I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> you dress like a heifer, but look, you look pretty good. Um, yeah, but obviously like I carried that with me and I don't, I just don't think that being hurt is always something to avoid either because yes. there's so many things like David's never said that to me. So obviously we have a good marriage, but, um, you know, <laughs> that was the one prerequisite that was that he met it. So. Yes. But, but I mean, it, it just, go ahead. No, you go. It just leads feeling like you have to be in something all or nothing has led to so many of my friends being in relationships that were not healthy and were not good for them much longer than they should have been. And like, it's, it leads to so much. Like when you look at something like a relationship with only this future based mentality, instead mm-hmm. of just like, Hey, we're here. We both like each other. Let's just hang out more. You know, who knows what yeah. will happen because we're 16, 17, 18, 19. We don't have to plan for our whole lives yeah. right now. But well, when even you're taught, like, like, I don't know. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. But when you're taught, like, you have to look at everything as it affects your entire life, then you're like, well, I don't want to screw this up. And I've already given my heart to this one person. And everyone says that I'm going to have a horrible life and a horrible relationship if I try and do this with someone else. And it's simply not true. Like, all, I mean, how many times I have had so much heartbreak in my life? I mean, like a regular amount. And it, like, I look back on those memories, fine. Like, I'm, I'm not yeah. like, wow, my current marriage is really suffering because of like this one guy from when I was in college or another guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just think you should, there should be more of this, like, I don't want to use experimentation too broadly, you know, but like, but that's true. Like, I think probably there's another underlying issue if you're carrying all of your past relationships into your marriage or your monogamous relationship. Like certainly there are some that are very traumatic that you should carry with you and work through. Oh, for sure. Help. For sure. But, but for the general person right. who's in general, like, dated some assholes, gotten their heart broken, dumped other people, like just generally yeah. speaking, dressed fatter than they were. Whatever. Just talking about anyone here. Could be anyone. No. But like it is true. Like, if you are 34 and thinking about that comment every single day and it's affecting your current relationship, maybe there's also some other work to be done too. Right. Like maybe you put too much on one single relationship when you were younger because well, someone and- told you like you have to save your heart. You can't tell anyone you love them rather than saying like, you know what? You're going to love a lot of people and it's not always going to last with all of them. The same with friendships, but well, you'll learn something about yourself every time. That is true because I do think that there's something harmful too. Like I had friends, not many friends because I had a lot of um, also goody two shoes friends who did sleep with their um, <laughs> boyfriends or girlfriends and then felt like they had to ignore some very problematic issues because if they had had sex outside of marriage, right. then they had to marry that person. And it's yep, like, no, exactly. no, 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 no. Like you don't have to justify this for the sake of because you had sex. Now this has to be forever. Um, exactly. Which, which is the message. Is yeah, it is. And, and it is. I've talked to people, um, specifically one friend, <clears throat> about like me. how it was this is an intervention for you now <laughs> perfect good Carl you need to stop dressing this way Carl, <laughs> Carl yeah. tell him to stop dressing this way he would he would, <laughs> he would. <laughs> <laughs> um he, uh who was talking about 
you like it is more detrimental to say don't have sex before marriage and then end up in a bad marriage mm-hmm. than to just say okay if that's what you want to do do it right that's- like because mm-hmm. from someone this is from someone who was stuck in a bad marriage mm-hmm. because she was very young and oh well to be fair this person wanted like they wanted to have sex yeah, yeah and they yeah. were like the only way we that is if we get married. married. I was going to say, right. I do. I also know people who rush to get married because that is how they could have sex. And it's like, well, yep. not necessarily. I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. But to me, and you know that I have struggled with this. Have we done a faith episode? I can't remember. Yeah, maybe. I think we have. Um, I felt sure we had. Maybe. I can't remember. But something that I struggled with until adulthood um was legalism and feeling like the best way that I can be a Christian is to abide by X, Y, and Z very, very well. And I feel like that kind of thinking of either if we have sex, we have to get married or we have to get married yeah. in order to have sex is almost like a penultimate <laughs> legalism of we cannot enjoy this without then this commitment. And yes, I would write for a legally binding contract. Yes. And yes, I would prefer my children. Well, I don't want to talk about my kids having sex, but generally my, my kids, as they get older, when they begin to have relationships, I want to be able to encourage them. Yes. I think in a relationship with someone you love and trust, that would be the best time because they love you and, and respect you instead of just finding like a stranger. But I don't want to add the message of you can go up to this line, but no further. Or if you do, then you therefore cannot do this, you know? And I think there was so much pressure too, when we were growing up, it's bizarre to me now to think how much the mainstream media that sounded like such a right wing. Ma- I was going to say, you are Kaylee <laughs> McEnany. I, yes, I am QAnon. I am Q. Um, <laughs> you are Q. I, I knew it. So when the MSM was covering things like Jessica Simpson being a virgin or the Bachelor yes, and the Bachelor season where he was a virgin and that was like a huge um, marketing thing, or the Jonas Brothers, like did they remove the really purity was. rings? It right. was so weird to me that like m- hordes of adults were judging kids. The sexuality. Yes, of the teenagers. Like what a yeah. bizarro world that of course no one would feel comfortable. Nobody would feel right. comfortable. So anyway, yeah. I just want to, I feel like I've botched this entire conversation. I didn't love how I presented. Oh, um, don't don't be silly. Message, but I do feel I do want there to be a lot of freedom outside of the conversation of there's only one way to do this the right way. Yeah, I really appreciate the way that she came across just from me reading that message was like you could talk to her about Mm -hmm. this and it would be totally well received. Like she seemed she seemed very cool to talk to. Yeah. Um, And I certainly would never want it to come across like we think like I truly don't really think anyone is wrong as long as you are doing something consensual with someone else. Yeah, that, that, is that you walk away feeling good about. Like, right, I right. think you can consent to things too that you don't feel comfortable with later. But I think as long as it's something that is uh, feels like a mutually beneficial relationship, that's yeah, I mean. yeah. And and I also think that some people. I mean, just mature differently. Some people are more uncomfortable. Some people should wait if they want to wait until they are more serious or married or whatever. Yeah. 
no one should feel pressure to do anything they don't want to do. I just think the yeah, conversation I don't like the stigma on the other end. Yeah, I don't like the stigma around the other end because inevitably also on The Bachelor, which again, problematic franchise, but but <laughs> the is, moral compass for us all. <laughs> yes. As the as the bachelor goes, so goes the world. That's how it Exactly. But, you know, every season there's a virgin and is he going to, is she going to tell him that she's a virgin? And it's like just too much stock is put on people's sex lives in general. Like, because even, isn't there a movie? I'm sure there are many that focus on what somebody's number is. And can you like, yeah, it's called what's your number? Oh, is it? It's literally called that. I think so. I think 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 it is. But it's like, again, these things aren't to be championed or shamed. There's just exactly. Yeah. It is what it is. And we should all be doing it safely and healthily and with a full awareness of, you know, uh, what we can do to be having safe sex for sure. And we're not gonna be able to have that conversation if we cannot have this conversation to start with. Like no one is going to come to us saying like, Oh, I don't know. Is this the right way to do that? Like, you know, is this safe? I was thinking about this. If they feel like they can't, if they feel like they're doing something wrong anyway, Yeah. like even now the second one of us (laughs) like jokingly or even seriously gets onto one of our kids for doing something, they like slink off and hide their head. Anything wrong and we're not mean. So I don't know. Shame is easy to fall into. Like I am never going to lay a finger on you, but even still like, yeah, you, you still slink away and all of our kids do that. It's so it's human nature. It is, so like, yeah, like shame is inherent. It's not taught. Yeah. It, it's just right. encouraged or discouraged, I think. Right. So it is just, it's very, it's a very, um, it's a very fun conversation to have, I think. Yeah. Cause I have more <laughs> stories that I actually want to talk about, but we're really out of time, but there are right. some, I'll, I'll DM you later. You, okay. I'll text yeah. You. yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to slide. I think we should maybe talk more about those stories next week because I feel like we need to talk more about your uh, your past, <laughs> <laughs> like about how I went to the student health center for Plan B, even though I was fully clothed. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were going to share? That wasn't it. No, I was going to tell you that. I panicked after a makeout session. I was fully clothed, <laughs> and I went and got Plan B. You were like, what's his name from season one of Glee? Corey Monteith. <laughs> yes. yes I, <laughs> Except not even that far. <laughs> right. Like we had not gone past literally first base. And I was like, I will get pregnant. You were like, this is it. This is, this is it. This, this is how it happened. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because I spent all of high school. I would ask my mom sometimes, if I got pregnant, would you believe that I hadn't had sex? Because I was very into Mary, of course. And she was right. like, no. And I was like, see? <laughs> and you will miss out on the Messiah. This is on you. And guess what? You're a Pharisee. <laughs> That's right. So I planned it away. <laughs> Episode title, for sure. <laughs> I planned it away. You know what I think? Like, the, that nurse probably gave me, like, a sugar pill. There's no way. She actually gave it to you. Yes, she probably gave me like Skittles. Like there is no <laughs> way when I described maybe a Tic Tac. Yes, when I described the <laughs> the uh, the interaction that she was like, yeah, probably there's a high chance that some <laughs> that didn't come out definitely got into you. She's Holy like, quote. I really just need to like get a quota. So like whatever. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I get paid <laughs> per prescription. So <laughs> I can't be sued again. Actually, your boyfriend should take one too. So here, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> here's here's a here's a whole baggy that's funny because one time i tried to get plan b and like she was like no you don't need it so i don't know we have like a couple different thank you north carolina state university for your for your responsibility in my 
<laughs> you know what? I wonder if she thought you were lying. I wonder if oh, she was I'm like, sure, sure, sure all you did was make sure out. You <laughs> sure, you touched on. I'm positive that's what happened. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> oh my gosh! But those are the things oh. they don't teach you. I didn't know. Yeah, I do. I do feel like. I probably didn't even I do know what ovulation like was then. Like, you know, right. I was probably I mean, on my period. So you, like, laugh along with stuff. Yeah, and you're, you're like, like yeah, okay, that's good. Right, I get it. We're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely need this pill. Right, exactly. You're probably also like, eh, I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was up at night crying because I'm like, this is abortion. Oh! I'm like, this is abortion. <laughs> so, I don't know. My God, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this is a high. So I feel like we should end on a high note. <laughs> That's all I got. I literally have nothing else. I'm wrung out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Please weigh in. Please let us know what you think about this. Where should we take this conversation next week? Yeah. I'm super into it. But can I have a fourth child by now? Yes or no? Would. <laughs> Which of you have also gone too far, like Carol? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which of you were risky? <laughs> <laughs> Who else is a funny Plan B story? Yeah. Honestly, yes, that's what I want to know. Yes, please, please send your Plan B stories. We'll keep it anonymous. Yeah. But I'm just. <laughs> All right, we'll be back here next week talking about other stuff. Plan B for sure. <laughs> <laughs>